Welcome to the 4th Tier Talk podcast with Samuel Wright and Gabrielle Ramsey. Get your best League 2 talk right here. everyone and welcome back to the fourth tier talk podcast i'm host samuel right here today with co-host gabrielle ramsey we're going to get straight into this evening result crawley town one cheltenham town nil gabrielle what do you think of that what a result for crawley but what a huge blow for cheltenham yeah i think it's a massive surprise you know crawley looks to have sort of found himself a bit for you know last tuesday beating bradford tonight beating cheltenham it's a bit of a surprise result to be honest with you and it's a massive blow for cheltenham you know uh you look could their position in the league right now? Yes, they are top, which you look at that and you might think, oh, it can't be that bad of a result then. Uh, but this gives a chance for Cambridge and Bolton tomorrow to both leapfrog Cheltenham, uh, potentially put Cheltenham's position at the top time, sorry, the top of the table, sorry, uh, in jeopardy. Uh, but yeah, it's just a bit of a crazy result. I don't think anyone really expected that because Crawley, they haven't admittedly pulled up any trees this season, you know, so in 10th position. I think it's whereabouts everyone expects them to finish, but uh, yeah, a massive result for them. And to be fair, have probably now sparked a chance for an outside playoff shot. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And if results go their way, they could definitely have a chance of that. Yeah, um, I was going to ask as well, does this prove really that despite when you're playing teams who aren't playing for anything, as much as it's a good thing because they're kind of on the beach at the end of the season, they're kind of getting ready for the end, end of the campaign, does it also prove that they're playing with no pressure and that can make them more dangerous? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I think Crawley two two games ago, they were one of I think it was seven games about a win. Uh, they beat Bradford, they beat uh, Cheltenham, two teams who not to you know I remember Bradford fans and not to be too much on a high horse, but two very good teams to be fair to us. Uh, for them to beat those teams, you could say that came from having no pressure. Now all of a sudden they're in the playoff picture. Those six points were massive for Crawley, and now now the fact that they we could be talking about Crawley being in League One next season that's it's crazy to think about and see. Look at the position. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Bolton a little bit later as we did briefly before the podcast started and how far they've come, could Crawley be a bit of a, an, well, another shock for how this season goes? Yeah, certainly. They have proven at times this season they are a good team, of course. They've shown glimpses, but like you say, really, the, they were playing with no pressure. Two wins in a row and all of a sudden their season's opened up again and if results mm-hmm. go their way tomorrow, who knows at this point? And that would be crazy if Crawley can sink into the playoffs. But um, we're going to get into one of the results from Tuesday evening. Barrow beating Exeter by two goals to one. Barrow are now nine points clear of the relegation zone. Do you think they've done it now? Uh, yeah, I think they've definitely done it. And you've got to give full credit to Rob Kelly for everything he's done for that club. Um, you know, that's a massive result as well against the Exeter City side who are very much are in the playoff race. And they, they are a lot more to fight for than Barrow, I guess you could say right now. You know, obviously the football league status, status sorry, is in, a, is in a bit of jeopardy. But, you know, fair play to Barrow. I mean, if you would offer them to start seeing to be above teams like Mansfield Town, Colchester United, Southland United, who were in League One last season they would have taken that in a heartbeat and you've got to give them full credit because the way that Kelly has come in, the job he's done as interim manager, you know, that's not even his job yet. Uh, I don't believe they've given it on a permanent basis. I haven't actually checked that. Um, but still, you know, that's a, this is a fantastic season for Barrow um, to come into the Football League and make a statement by staying up by, I think, from the bottom of the division, they are now currently 13 points, no, not 13 points, uh, 12 points clear, which is a great achievement for that club to say, let's be honest, coming into the Football League 
they didn't have too much football equality. Uh, but yeah, four credits to them. You know, they've had, I think, three managers, something like that this season. They've managed to comfortably sit, stay up at this point. And yeah, just congratulations to Barrow. Yeah, and as for Exeter, though, big blow for them. They're, of course, the playoffs. They've been in the playoffs a lot in the last few years, but this is a huge defeat for them, to be honest with you, and one that they could really have done without. The good news for them is no one else around them really won, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But in, but still, though, this is a game that a lot to Exeter and really thought it was a good chance to get three points and move into the playoffs, which they would have gone above Forest Green as well. Yeah, I think Exeter fans were really disappointed. You know, for them, the, the target of this season was always going to play off. So the fact that they've had, they've got teams like Newport and Forest Green, who right now, let's be honest, they're not really playoff well playoff standard because of the form they're in, how terrible they've been playing recently. Uh, Exeter, they need to be taking advantage of that, and unfortunately for them, they've kind of fallen into the same sort of rut that Forest Green and Newport have in the fact that they have struggled to beat a team like Barrow. But you know, you look at the result against Cambridge on last Saturday. You know that Exeter do have the quality to beat a team of Cambridge's standard four one. I, th- I think Exeter have a very strong chance of sneaking to play, especially playing South End tomorrow as well. So uh, I'm sure they'll they'll hopefully, well, not hopefully, but I'm sure they'll be able to pick up the three points there and maybe give themselves more of a chance because I'm not too sure if Forest Queen and Newport have got right now, but uh, there's definitely a big chance for Exeter tomorrow. Yeah, uh, speaking of Newport, a goalless draw with Carlisle in the week. Carlisle came back into form recently. They're also playoff hopefuls. I think this result doesn't really do both teams any favours, but it's probably better for them to not lose the game, would you say? Uh. Yeah, sorry, you were you completely cut up there. So I, I, oh, no problem. Yeah, Newport County v Carlisle United, a goalless draw, saying I don't think that does to any teams any favours, but I also think it's better for one to not lose that game as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just it's one of those games, you know, at the end of the season, people probably forget about it. But uh, yeah, not really helpful to either side. I mean, I guess for Newport, it's a point gain rather than three points lost. But for Carlisle... You know, they're in the exact same position as Exeter, Crawley, Salford, Lytton, or even Bradford right now. There's so many teams who do want those playoffs. And right now, it's going to go right down to the wire. Uh, so for Carlo, I think they're more disappointed at the two sides, to be honest, and not be able to uh, take that big leap forward towards the playoffs. And I think they could even have potentially taken over Newport, uh, depending on goal difference. So, yeah, more people have Carlo than Newport, but at the end of the day, it's going to be one of those fixtures which won't be remembered for years to come. Yes, yeah, certainly. And of course, we mentioned about Bolton Wonders earlier on and we're going to mention their 1-0 victory away to Salford City. It's been a very eventful season for Salford City, as we mentioned a lot on the podcast. But let's talk about Bolton for a moment. Fantastic story. They can go top of League Two tomorrow. And when you think where they were around after Christmas time, it's mad to think how far they've really come. And so much has clicked, really. And they've taken 38 points from a possible 45. Just crazy, isn't it, how far they've come in a few months? Yeah, and I think the fans completely deserve it. You know, if fans were allowed in the season, I think we'd be seeing at Bolton, let's be honest, probably have the best fans in the league. Uh, even when they were in the Premier League, the Championship League one, they were taking fans. Uh, they were filling out stand- the away stands. Uh, they have a great attendance at home as well. You know, they've got a brilliant stadium. Uh, yeah, the fans completely deserve this. And I, I, right now, think Bolton will be winning the league, judging from Cheltenham's slip up tonight. Uh, Cambridge should be, you know, you can't be losing 4-1 to Exeter as a team who should be winning the league. Uh, so right now, you've got to look at the start you just said as well. Um, is it 38 points out of possible 45? Um, if you look at that, that is league title worthy, in my opinion. And you fall credit to Ian Everett as well, because the job he did at the start of the season, I've got to admit, I was a bit unsure on him. You know, they paid money for him to get him from Barrow. There's a lot of pressure, Martin, and the fans were getting a bit, a bit unrest towards him. Uh, so the job he's done to get this side playing is a remarkable one, and you've got to give him full credit for that, because he has got Bolton Wanderers playing Bolton Wanderers football again. Yep, certainly. Fantastic turnaround. Um, I put out a, a question the other day, who deserves League Two Manager of the Season? 
there's been some very good managers in League Two this season. For me, it's the hardest league to predict out of the four leagues in English football. But um, you can't. it's really hard to look past Derek Adams at Morecambe. A 4-1 mm-hmm. victory against Gunthorpe on Tuesday. Morecambe looked like the playoffs is certainly theirs at this point. Uh, yeah, and I mean, he's a surprise to everyone. I'm, I'm going to be honest, at the start of the season, I thought they'd just be you know, struggling against relegation, as they have been for a number of seasons now. Uh, but Derek Adams, like you mentioned there, for me, manager of the season, the job he's done at that club with very little finances, very little resources, uh, it's incredible. And I think a player of the season who's gone a bit under the radar is definitely Cole Stockton, uh, the striker at Morecambe. Because the, 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 I don't know how many goals he's got this season, but he's got a fair amount. Uh, he's been that sort of light in Morecambe's team where you know they've got some really creative, impressive players. Uh, Aaron Wildig, John O'Sullivan, uh, Carlos Mendes Gomez, who used to be in the Atletico Madrid Academy. And you've got Stockton up front of, you know, he can bag those goals if it comes to They've had Jerome Slew be rolled out for the rest of the season, but they know that that strike position is sort- sorted with Stockton in there. And so, full credit to him because he's, he's had a really good season as well. And, and this entire Morecambe team deserve a well-rested break at the end of the season. Whether they'll be expecting League One football next season after the playoffs, we don't know yet. But, you know, if worse comes to worse and Morecambe do, well, I think I think at this point they will get the playoffs. If they do lose in the playoffs, they should still be very proud of their achievements for the season. Yeah, no, I certainly agree there. I'm going to another team who dropped points, Leighton Orient, a 2-2 draw away at Harrogate Town. Harrogate Town, of course, take on Bradford City tomorrow at home. This is a two-ball draw. Harrogate aren't in the best form right now, but coming from behind twice to get a draw really typifies their season, doesn't it? Very spiritual, very much a team who never really lie down and they always give it a go. What did you think of this one overall? To be fair, I, I saw a glimpse of this game and Harrogate completely, in my opinion, had three points. You know, they had 23 shots, 10 on target compared to Leighton Orient's four shots on target, which, you know, you look at the position in the league and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about perhaps having no pressure on Harrogate, so they might be playing better, if that makes sense, compared to Leighton Orient, who right now have an outside shot in the playoffs. But Harrogate, you know, for, for, again, credit to them because they've had a really good season like Barrow to be staying in this division because you've got to admit they haven't got the strongest squad in the league. But, you know, a 2-2 result, probably a result better for Harrogate, I guess, than Leighton Orient in the... In hindsight, you know, they're not really fighting for anything right now, Harrogate, but to go up against a team like Leighton Orient with some very quality players in there, I mean, they've started their own manager in that match. Uh, it just shows how far Harrogate have come as a football club. And, you know, the, 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 admittedly, they're not fighting for playoffs, but, you know, if at the start of the season, if you were said they'd be drawn 2 to a Leighton Orient in the season, I'm pretty sure they'd be very happy with that. Yeah, no, certainly. And, of course, the final game on Tuesday evening was a disappointing one for yourself and Bradford City, a 2-0 defeat at home to Crawley who were also victorious tonight, of course, as well against Cheltenham. What did you make of this one and what do you think went wrong for Bradford? Um, I just, I think it was a manager's sort of team selection, unfortunately. You know, I fully backed Truman and Sellers, but Andy Cook for us has been up front for the majority of the recent games and he's been in outstanding form. I mean, you yourself, Sam, you've been to Bradford games, you've seen how quickly he can be in front of goal. Uh, and then he swapped him out with Danny Rowan. I don't know if this was sort of like um, maybe an idea he was playing with. He thought Rowe could do more against the free at the back formation, which... Carlo, uh, not Carlo, uh, Crawley have adapted to. But for me, it wasn't his game. You know, Rohal hasn't really looked at it in recent weeks compared to Koku, you know, he's in great form. Uh, even starting the likes of Keen Scales, who, you know, he's a youngster, so you've got to give him time. And I do rate him as a youngster, but unfortunately, other than the goal he scored against Colchester recently, hasn't really done too much for the club. And the same with, same with Gareth Evans, as, as bad as that sounds. But I feel like our attack just let us down, to be honest, and that that looks weird coming to the fact that we've lost 2-0, but we've got a very solid defence in there. And, I mean, I saw I saw the first goal because I was playing a football game at the same time the first half was on. Um, but I saw their first goal and it was just abysmal defending from Bradford. So, 
a bit of a letdown, but you know, Crawley, they're going to be in Shelton Town tonight as well. So maybe they're starting to find some form now. I mentioned it earlier, potential playoffs. Um, and I think that'd be a huge achievement for them. You know, John Yems is a manager. I know he isn't great with the media, but he's a very talented manager and he's got this Crow Town side playing some good football. But I will just mention as well, Josh Wright, after the game, obviously had a really bad stint at Bradford, went to Twitter and just posted just mocking Bradford fans. So you've got to give him credit when he does, when he does stuff like that against the fan base. But, you know, disappointing death for Bradford, but again, a day of jubilance for Crawley Town. Yeah, do you think that obviously going into the game as well, Bradford haven't lost a home game under Truman and Sellers going into this. Do you think that, you know, it just wasn't their day? Though? Do you think that it wasn't that Bradford played badly? It's just one of them games where nothing fell from because they do happen during a the season. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, Crawley had a, Crawley had a lot less shots than Bradford and unfortunately, theirs went in and out, didn't it? It was just one of those days where perhaps we weren't clinical in front of goal or Glenn Morris had a good game between the sticks. But, you know, it was just one of those days where it just really, really goes plan. I don't think it's a game we need to dwell on, to be honest. I think we need to go to Harrogate tomorrow with uh, sort of victory in our sights, I guess. I mean, obviously, you go to every game thinking like that. But we can't we can't dwell on this crawler defeat. We can't let it affect morale, uh, especially if we do when we get into first. Because I think tomorrow, if we do lose to Harrogate, then our playoff chances are probably burnt out. Yeah. No, that's a, um, a fair one. Yeah, we're going to get into tomorrow's games now, of course, due to the funeral. Um, there is a lot of games that have been moved around. And uh, the first 12.30 game advertised is Grimsby Town versus Bolton Wanderers. Opposite ends of the table, and if Bolton win that, they very much could go top. What What do you think of this one? It's very Everything's pointing to a Bolton win right now. Yeah, it's definitely pointing to a Bolton win, but I mean, what a massive game for both sides, you know. Bolton have a chance to go top, but Grimsby have a chance to maybe make some progress to get out of the relegation zone. Uh, but for me, Grimsby at this point, unfortunately, to say, but they are doomed. I mean, they had that whole debacle involving um, Felipe Marias and Stefan Payne against Bradford a few weeks ago. And now both of us, two, two of those players who, let's be honest, are very good players. Just the wrong attitude, unfortunately. They've both been told they won't be playing for Grimsby Town again. And this will heavily affect not only the morale in that Grimsby training, uh, training pitch, which obviously will already be very low, uh, but it'll also affect the amount of quality that they have in their squad. And then coming up against a Bolton team who this season have just been rampant at times with some, some of the quality they've got. I mean, Lloyd Isgrove scored the winner for them on Tuesday night. And I mean, he were playing in the Championship with Barnsley a few seasons ago. Um, it just shows how good this Bolton squad is. And I think everything points to a Bolton win right now. Uh, even if Ian Everett's a very good manager, I'm sure he'll have a, tact- a tactic set up for this game and a plan to go into with Grimsby because, you know, you can you can also see these games and whilst everything's pointing to a Bolton win with them being higher, much higher up the table, you can see these games where perhaps the goals come. And Grimsby shocked people by instead of not sticking ten men behind the ball, like everyone would expect them to attacking. You know, maybe throwing Bolton off. It's one of those games where the trotters need to be very careful. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. Can take no one for granted in this league, and Bolton will know that they drew nil nil with Colchester United recently at home. Um, another massive game tomorrow: Newport County take on Cambridge United at Rodney Parade. Massive game for both clubs. It must be said. Where do you see this one going? Uh, I see it pointing towards Cambridge. You know, they did have that 4 1 defeat to Exeter, um, and they, they didn't play midweek, so they've had a full week to get back uh, fitness and get back sort of, I guess, just a week on the training pitch, you know, improving, uh, looking at what went wrong against Exeter. Maybe now they want to put their rights wrong. Uh, coming up against the Newport County side, and I'll just quickly have a check of their form because I'm not too sure they're doing right now. Yeah, they're doing all right. I mean, beat Bolton, drew with, drew with Manchild and drew with Carlisle. Uh, I think everything points to Carlisle. Uh, not. It's a Carlos. Points to Cambridge, sorry, just because the fact they've got Paul Mullin up top, they've got a very strong squad. Uh, the manager as well, obviously, he's shown time and time again how, how good his Cambridge United side are. 
Uh, and I think even though they are obviously away, so Newport will love that home form. That's not necessarily been the case this season with a lack of fans. Um, so for that, I'm going to have to back out Cambridge win, but obviously Bolton fans as well, they'll be keeping a very close eye on this game and seeing how, uh, seeing whether or not they can actually go to the top of the table. Yeah, no, that's um, fair enough. And of course, Tranmere Rovers take on Salford City. Tranmere Rovers' form has been quite poor recently, to be honest. They need to get back to winning mm. ways. I believe Salford are quite a good team to play. They're very inconsistent, though, Salford, right now. They've had a very eventful season. Um, where do you see this one going? It's a big game as well, this one, another big game. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Salford picked up the three points, to be honest. And even though Tramby were in a higher position, you know, the Salford recently beat Forest Green, they recently beat Stevenage. Uh, did lose to Bolton, but, you know, Bolton are a very good side. Uh, I'm coming against Tramby's side, who, like you mentioned, they are in the greatest of form right now. I mean, uh, they haven't won in the last five games. You've got, I think you've got to back Salford. I'm not a massive fan of Gary Boyer's standard of football, but come forget to try and where right now things are exactly going to plan. You know, the, the managers may be losing the dressing, the dressing room a little bit and the fans a bit. I'm going to have to back Salford here. Yeah. I think they've got enough quarters to get past it. Ian Henderson at the top is a truly brilliant acquisition to have in this league. And I'm sure that he'll be able to get past some defenders at Tranmere who haven't really been up to standard recently. Yep, yeah, no, that's a fair one. And Morecambe, of course, a big 4-1 win against Scunthorpe in the week. Take on Oldham Athletic at home. Again, surely the evidence in this one points to a Morecambe win. Oldham, a team not playing for anything either. Where do you see this one going? And do you see any chance of Oldham picking up a surprise victory, I guess? I actually would back Oldham for this game, just for the fact they've got three wins in the last five, uh, two in the last two as well. Uh, Keith Kill's done a great job, in my opinion, since going there. He's not playing with his own players right now. They've had a lot of problems behind the scenes. Uh, with a lot of the sponsors dropping the club for something that's gone on with the owner and everything like that and all those problems. But, you know, fair play to Keith Gale, who's kept his head down. He's got the players playing their football in training. He's got uh, team morale back up. And they're doing fairly well recently. You know, they've got, I think it's eight goals like that in the last two games. Uh, Davis Keogh done got two in his last game. Conor McElhinney has been in good form as well. They've got a very strong squad at the bottom. And to be honest, I kind of expected them to be in this position because of the owners. But I think if you took the owners out, the, out of the equation... Oldham could be up there in a playoff position, but you know this season hasn't quite gone to plan and come up against a Morecambe side where, yeah, you can look at them as a team who they are in fourth position. You know They want to push them further towards the automatics. They won the last game. I think it was something like 4-1 as well. Uh, yeah, 4-1 against Scunthorpe. I kind of feel like the signs do point to Morecambe, but I wouldn't be surprised if Oldham did manage to get something out of this game just because of the form they're in and how well Curl's been doing with them recently. Yep, another big game. Exeter City take on Southend United. If Southend have got any chance of staying in the division, they probably have to win here. In the last week, we've seen the two sides of Exeter. They were 4-1 win away at Cambridge. They when they were fantastic. And then a 2-1 defeat to Barrow. Kind of sums up Exeter's season, really, doesn't it, anyway? And this is a huge game for them. Again, many people will be back in Exeter, but for Southend, though, it's this has got to be a game where they pick up three points. Yeah, I'd say debatable. This is probably the biggest game of tomorrow, just for the fact that how much is at stake. You know, Exeter don't want to push into the playoffs. South ends, like you mentioned, this could be them down if they fail to win win tomorrow. Um, it's a massive game, and I think you know we haven't quite seen too much from Phil Brown about what's going to happen with him at him at South End and whether he's really got them playing his style of football yet, or if he's shown signs of them having enough fight in them to be staying up. Uh, but you look at this exercise and like you mentioned, we've seen two sides of them, you know, if they're going to lose to a team like Barrow who are down there, that definitely must have given some uh, some hope to Southend for how they can go into this game. You know, they might approach the same tactics as Barrow, they might uh, have exploited Exeter's weaknesses and so Southend are going to copy them. We don't know what's going to happen yet. Uh, but I think a lot of this will depend on how Exeter go into the game rather than Southend. I think how they sit up because 
I'm sure Matt Taylor will probably want to change the formation or switch out some players who didn't quite perform in the last game. And you know, it w- it wouldn't surprise me if Exeter went south, uh, play Southampton tomorrow and just absolutely just just cleared them out. To be honest with you. Yeah, no, that's certainly a possibility with how good Exeter can be on their day. A very unformed team right now is Port Vale. They're on fantastic form. And I wouldn't even say, you know, if they did continue this, they'd have a chance of the playoffs. That might be a little bit too far now. They are nine points off, but you never know with the form they've been in. They say Concord Isle, another team who needs a win. Um, what do you think of this one? Another interesting game. Yeah, definitely an interesting game. I mean, you look at the last six sort of form table in the league and popular, they are top of that league. But Carlisle are in fourth, to be fair to them. So it's a game of two, te- two teams were very much informed and will that will that cancel each other out? Uh, to be fair to Portville, you know, they've, uh, they've just started getting some new contracts in for some of their players, so I'm sure that'll be giving a lot of hope to them and sort of that extra motivation because to the players who haven't been off the contracts yet, it's a big sign that the club are starting to offer contracts and if they want to be playing that club in the future, you know, they're going to be trying, I'm not saying trying harder, but, you know, they're playing to the best of their abilities in this sort of games. Uh, Coming against Carlisle side, where obviously they're right now are very close to the promotion push. Uh, it's going to be a massive game for both these sides. You know, I think if Portville do lose tomorrow, that's probably their probably their promotion, a playoff sort of target. It's out the window. I mean, if it's not already. Um, but yeah, what a, a massive game to be fair. It wouldn't surprise me if Carlisle did take the points with some of the quality they've got available to them as well. Uh, Zanzala up top to the great season. Joe Riley as well. The former Bradford player's done really well for them. I've been impressed by him. Uh, and John Mellish as well. Just a few weeks ago, I think he scored two goals to beat to beat a certain uh, win 2-0 against someone. I can't remember it was, but it's, uh, but it just shows the quality they've got in that, in that Carlisle side where they've got a midfielder who can very capably score two goals and win that team the game. So it'd be a big game tomorrow. It wouldn't surprise me if either side won this game. Yep, and another game as well. Lake Norian taking on Barrow. Again, big game. Lake Norian, they need to win ready to still you know keep up their playoff push. And Barrow, I mean, if they're not already safe, a win tomorrow would surely confirm it then because then they can go even further clear. This is a big game at both ends of the table again, though, and another one where something is on the line. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's a massive game for both teams. Like you say, Barrow probably confirms to, well, not confirmed, but definitely staying up if they get the win here. But later on, you know, if they lose here, is that their playoff ambition sort of just massively dampened and possibly stopped? I mean, dropping points at Harrogate, Cheltenham, uh, Walsall in recent weeks as well, it's not really going too well for later on right now. And if they do want to get back on track, the need to be beating Barrow tomorrow because especially when they've got Cambridge come up as well because if they were to lose to Barrow and let's be honest Cambridge is probably a better side than Leighton Orange could easily pick up the points and that's five, five winless in five and that's completely promotion picture just gone so for that alone Leighton Orange I think we're going out into this game with a bit more incentive looking for that victory I'm sure that they'll Joe McEnough will have given his players a bit of a just reminder how much is at stake this game uh, and it wouldn't surprise if Leighton Orange again like I mentioned this a bit earlier about extra and south end it wouldn't surprise if Leighton Orange went out there and just demolished Barrow to be honest with you uh, but you know you've got to give credit to Barrow because in recent weeks they've been in great form themselves um, well not great form but you know, you know what I mean you know beating extra drawing with Carlisle drawing with Colchester beating Newport they've been doing very well for themselves to say that they are down there and I think at this point Barrow are safe but like you say this game get a win season completed Yep, and Forest Green Rovers, a team in seventh. They've got to be careful now. Their playoff place very much under threat. And their manager has recently departed. Um, they take on Scunthorpe United at home. Big game, you must say. And, I mean, Scunthorpe, not really. I think they are pretty much safe now, really, looking how far above the relegation zone they are. But still, though, I mean, the end, they lost to Morecambe 4-1 in the week. But the form Forest Green are in, anyone can beat them right now. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest, despite the form, I'm surprised to see Matt Cooper leave. You know, he's been in the cup for five years. He's got them from a non-league, mid-table, National League club to fighting for promotion to League One. So I was very surprised to see him leave. You know, he's got the, he's got the culture of the club ingrained into him. Uh, but, you know, I can't remember the guy who's coming as the uh, interim manager for the time being, but he, he's come out and said in an interview before, his, I think it might be his first match or his second match. I'm not too sure I've played in a week. Uh, he's come out and said that Sean McCluskey and a number of players for Forest Green who maybe haven't had a look in, in recent weeks, they will be getting a look in because it's a fresh chance for everyone at the club. You know, the manager who's been there for five years has left. The players who perhaps weren't getting a chance under him, this could be a huge platform now for them to step up. So for me, it wouldn't surprise me if Forest Green did go out there and ended their shocking run of form with a win here because they've got so many players fighting for so much right now. I think even if you were a first team guaranteed sort of play week in, week out before Cooper's departure, I think now you've been looking over your shoulder and thinking there's a new guy in the building. He's promised the players who haven't played too much a chance now. I need to raise my game to match their game, if that makes sense. And for that, I think Forrest Green could go out there uh, and just easily beat Scunthorpe the way Morgan did earlier in the week. Yep, and another one I'm going to ask as well about, obviously I mentioned earlier about um, Derek Adams being manager of the year in League Two. Another manager who could very much hold that is Alex Ravel at Stevenage. done a very good job this season. A Stevenage team who many people back to be down there in the relegation battle. He's done a fantastic job. Their unbeaten run did end against Salford recently. They take on Mansfield Town, who are in 21st place right now. And all of a sudden, Mansfield are under a little bit of trouble, really, under um, under Clough. So where do you see this one going? It's a big game, really, now all of a sudden for Mansfield. We've got to be careful. Yeah, and it's surprising about Mansfield because I thought under Clough they just, they just pick themselves up and start to flourish, I guess, under him because he's such a talented manager. Uh, with all the achievements he's done with Burton. But I guess you could say not his players, not his team, perhaps. But uh, looking at Stevenage, like you say, Ravel's had an absolutely fantastic first season charge at that club. I was worried for them at the start of the season because obviously they brought in a lot of non-league standard players thinking they were playing non-league just to then be in League Two and, you know, well, survive comfortably, which I think surprised a lot of people. But, you know, it's a shame that the ones come to an end because I do think they had a bit of an outside shot of the playoffs. But uh, nevertheless, it wouldn't surprise if, if Stevenage now did start to fall away a little bit, I guess, with Mansfield perhaps just put part the pressure on and uh, again, taking advantage of Stevenage's sort of fragility, I guess you could say, after their defeat against uh, Salford. Uh, but yeah, I think Mansfield, they've got enough quality in the squad to get a win here and it won't surprise me if they did. Yep, and the final uh, 12.30 kickoff tomorrow is Harrogate Town versus Bradford City. Big game. Harrogate Town won 1-0 earlier on in the season. Bradford, though, have been in better form at the two teams and, of course, have had a very good second half of the season. What what do you make of this? What do you make of this one? How do you see it going? Uh, a massive game for Bradford, especially in my opinion. You know, Harrogate. Yeah, their season's probably done at this. Well, it is done at this point. I don't think they're going down the wall. We're getting playoffs uh, compared to Bradford. I think if we lose tomorrow, then there's no chance we're getting the playoffs. I think that's too much for us, unfortunately. Unless we're going some crazily good run under Truman Sellers. But I mean, last time we played Harrogate, we had Stuart McCall in charge, and the tactics were very naive and just negative. I guess you could say so. We're going into this game, I, thought, I don't really think Harrogate will know what to expect if you're looking at how we performed last game. You know, it's a shame that we did lose, especially on Sky Sports as well. Uh, but this is a chance for us to maybe get a bit of revenge, uh, especially the fact that we've now lost to Harrogate in two consecutive games. We played them in their friendly, I think, two years ago ago, uh, and lost 7-2 to Harrogate when they were in the National League, which in itself was an embarrassing result for Bradford City, who at the time were in League One. So maybe a chance for a bit of revenge. You know, I'm sure the players will be reminded of what's expected of them. Uh, for tomorrow because a lot is at stake and Truman themselves are the sort of managers who, you know, they'll be honest with you. They'll come up to you and say, if you're not performing well, they'll let you know and they won't drop because we've got so many 
promising options in our first team right now. I mean, we've got some good players coming back. We've got Levi Sutton returning to action. Callum Cook's slowly coming back as well. I'm sure he'll be uh, happy to be back in role because he's such an influential player in that number 10 role. Um, but yeah, I think it's obviously a shame about the quality result in midweek and even playing Grimsby, we didn't look too convincing. Uh, but it's time for us to get back to, to find some proper form, if that makes sense. And now to push on and go into this last five or six games we've got remaining and just try our best to be in that playoff picture. Yeah, certainly. Like I say, massive game, to be honest with you. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think Bradford, a win here would go a long way for them towards the end of the season so they can keep that momentum going in their playoff push. And the final game of tomorrow in general is a 5.30 kickoff between Warsaw and Colchester United, I believe. And Warsaw, who were struggling, have all of a sudden gained back-to-back victories and picked up form. Which way do you see this one going? An interesting game. Uh, I can only see it going Walsall's way. You know, I think we discussed it in the last podcast about Colchester and their financial situation. Uh, a lot of rumours going around right now about whether they'll be able to survive from the season after the season. Uh, but you know, Rob, uh, I think it's called Rob on Rob Dutton, Neil Dutton, something like that. The Walsall interim manager is definitely might be Brian Dutton actually. I think it's Brian Dutton. Sorry, Brian Dutton. Uh, he's, yeah, Brian. Brian. Uh, he's in charge of Walsall, obviously. And I mean. He was doing terribly, but in all fairness, and that one beaten in five games, I believe, is with three draws and two wins. And that is some very decent form for a tide who are quite far down in the league. And they've played some very decent teams like Forest Green, Tramia, Leighton Orient, obviously, who are up there. Uh, Harrogate are, are in the worst of form either. So, for, for me, Walsall, I think, will be getting the victory here, especially with Colchester not in the greatest of states right now. But I'm not. Why, why is this game at 5.30? Do you? Uh, they, they might not have got an agreement over to play it at that time. And Colchester is very far away from Warsaw as well. Ah. So I imagine that might, that might be something to do with it. But yeah, maybe they just couldn't agree to a time. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like I say, big game. But Warsaw, yeah, the form they're in, you'd probably back them to win this one because Colchester are in big mm-hmm. trouble right now. So yeah, I mean, the playoffs, though, it's so interesting right now. I was saying... From Bradford and above all the way to Newport, really, and even Tranmere, and it's anyone's, isn't it, right now? Any Anyone can get there in, in them three positions, the three final positions. So it's very interesting. And let's say Crawley and our 10th, they've, moved, they've just come from absolute nowhere. So it really is anyone's right now. And it's going to be a fascinating end to the season. And looking at the games played as well, the majority of teams have played at least 40 games now. In fact, every team has played at least 40 games now. So... That really says a lot about which way the league could go. I mean, in terms of the playoffs, though, right now, there's a lot of teams out of form up there. I mean, Forest Green, of course, Newport are very mixed at the moment. Carlisle, everyone's even mixed or out of form. So, um, is there anyone right now you think, though, is, you know, oh, and I was going to ask as well about the top three. In fact, we'll get onto that first. Do you think the top three as it is now will stay the top three? Maybe not in that order, but. Um, I, I, I think it will stay as that top three, but probably not in that order. You know, Cheltenham drop points. That's a massive blow for them. I think I honestly think at this point Bolton will win the league. Um, but for me, Markham, yeah, they've had a fantastic season. But you know, the four points away, they've been dropping points recently. Uh, not in the greatest of form, like you mentioned before. For me, I can't really see them breaking in with the form like and Newport and Forest Green. I think no, I think they need to just focus right now on getting the playoffs rather than the automatics. But I do think this top three will stay the same. I think it's probably the deserved top three as well at the end of the season. I mean, the run Bolton's been on the amount of time that Cambridge and Sheldon have been battling for that top spot now. It's probably the deserved top three. I think it will finish like that. Yeah, no, I think so too, to be fair. It's looking very, very likely. And as for the playoffs, it's absolutely anyone's getting the playoffs right now. So there's no point mm-hmm. even predicting that because any anyone could get it. Well, yeah, no, ahead of the um, games tomorrow, they're very interesting. So if you've got a 
and a score prediction for Bradford versus Harrogate then, like an, an accurate score prediction? Uh, you know, well, if you want to accurate, I'd go for like a five nil Bradford, but unfortunately, <laughs> probably won't go that way. So I'll, I think I have to go for. A t- I'm going to go for a two Bradford. I'm going to back us for the game. Uh, I actually I won't be watching. Unfortunately, I'm going to be elsewhere. But for me, we have more than enough for this Harrogate side, and that's not even being disrespectful to Harrogate. It's the fact that they were a non-league club last season. Some of the quarter they've got in that team. I mean, they've got John Stead up front, who I think you were about four or five years ago. And now we're starting up front Bradford and. Not to be disrespectful to their team because it sounds like I am a little bit being, but you know, we really should be seeing off the test of Harrogate. And for me, even if we are a win, even if they're in decent form, it's a game we should be winning, especially with what's at stake for us. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair enough to be honest with you. I was going to ask as well, in terms of the um, Paul Mullin about Cambridge's um, said, so do you think with Cambridge, who are likely to go up to League One this season, what do you think that could possibly hold for Paul Mullin? Do you think he'll stay at Cambridge or do you think they will join a different club? It wouldn't surprise me if he did leave Cambridge. I mean, the the, the good form that he's been in this season has been absolutely terrific. The amount of records he's broken. Uh, I'm not exactly sure the actual amount of goals he's got, but he's been absolutely fantastic this season. Uh, it reminds me a lot of James Norwood at, Tr- at Tramier and how well he was doing. And when they got promoted to League One, a lot of people expect him to stay around and you know help this side play in League One. But he jumps it to Ipswich, who obviously are a big, massive club in uh, League One. So... It wouldn't surprise me if something similar happened with Paul Mullin. You know, Cambridge got promoted then. One of the bigger, well, not bigger, but one of the, another team in League One came in from such as a, uh, well, we don't know what's with the playoffs, but maybe a Sunderland or an Ipswich or a, even a, someone like Blackpool came in for him, to be honest with you. It wouldn't surprise me if one of them lot did take a punt on Paul Mullin. I think he deserves it. I think he deserves a move to a, to a really big club, either a championship or League One. Um, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if he did leave at the end of the season. See, uh, beyond Paul Mullin, who would you say is a good sharp player of the season? Well, maybe it's not even might not even be Paul Mullin in general, but who would you say is the, could well be the player of the season in League Two? Is there anyone for you who's particularly stood out and been fantastic? I've been particularly impressed by um, I quickly get him up quickly. Sorry, uh, Ben Toza at Cheltenham. You know, he's not his stats. They what he's, he's a centre back, so they what people are expecting him to have several goals, several assists. But obviously, that long throw of his has been influential in every single game. Well, well, almost every single game he's played. You know, it's such a weapon to have. And I think it's starting, it was starting to get to a day and age where, you know, you look at Rory Delap from back in the day with Stoke, where he had that long throw. It reminds me so much of that. And the amount of chances that they create from that is a massive tactic that Cheltenham uses in every game. And, you know, Michael Duff is so fortunate to have someone like Toz, you know, the captain, the leader at the back. You know, he's brilliant against Manchester City when they're playing the cup as well. I think I think he's a, a shout for player of the season just for the incredible form he's been in, his long throws especially as well, and just the sort of leader that he is. He's had a really good season. He's been a massive reason for the position that Cheltenham are in right now. Yeah, certainly. And of course, we mentioned manager of the season earlier on, and I personally think there's so many candidates for manager of the season. You've got Everett, you've got you know Ravel, you've got um, Morecambe's manager, of course, Cheltenham's, Cambridge's. There's so many contenders for that. What do you overall think that you know are the are the are the main ones who you'd stand say stand out? I mean, you mentioned Adams earlier on, but who will just say is the main standout for you who's done a fantastic job this season? Uh, well, like I said before, um, I've completely forgot his name. <laughs> uh, Derek Adams, obviously, for how well he's done Markham and their achievement. But I think you'd be a bit crazy to look past Ian Everett at Bolton and how quickly he's turned around their fortunes. Yeah, you said it earlier on, thirty-eight points out of forty-five. That is an absolutely incredible rate, especially at this level where you know you can you can see Crawley one week and not be able to play, not able to beat anyone. The next week they're beating Bradford and the Cheltenham Town. This league can literally produce anything. 
And for Ian Everett to manage to get that many points out of, out of possible 45 points, that is a fantastic achievement, not only for him, but for Bolton Wanderers as well. And he's completely turned that club around from some years of just heartbreak, relegation, financial difficulties and just problems on and off the pitch. It is so good to see Bolton finally getting back to the position. That, well, not quite their position, but you know, starting to get back to their fantastic football that they can play. And a lot of reason for that is Everett. But I think another manager that you could perhaps look at... Uh, Mm, yeah, would be probably Michael Duff at Shelton, you know, obviously the top of the league right now. Uh, but along with that, just the, the form that they've been at times this season, they've looked unstop- unstoppable and they've been absolutely outstanding. Uh, and Duff, for me, you know, we saw it last season, how well he did with Shelton to get them into the playoffs. But I finished Cheltenham. I predicted Cheltenham to finish in 11th place this season because I didn't. I thought they'd just be, you know, fall off a little bit from last season. But Duff has been incredible there. And I think if Cheltenham did get the, t- the title, he might deserve it. Yeah, certainly. It's very much up for grabs at the moment, that must be said. If if Bradford were to get promoted, could possibly Truman and Sellers be a shout from what I mean? Taking Bradford from joint bottom, joint second bottom of the league to promotion surely would be, you know, a story. I'd say, yeah. I mean, the fact that the two, the, they are the two youngest managers in the Football League. They are the, I think, the own joint managers in the Football League as well. What an achievement it is for them if they could get the players. But for me right now, you know, we're in 30 places. If you told me we had six games remaining, and we were in 13 players, and we were talking about Bradford potentially getting the playoffs. I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be surprised to be honest with you. But you know, it's very, it's very possible right now. We're just in a good running. And I think we did, have, we did have a really good running now. Then yeah, Truman Sellers would definitely be in for a shot for managers of the season. Yeah, well, it's certainly anyone's game manager of the year. I will tell you that. But yeah, Gabriel, that's pretty much all we've got time for today on the podcast. Well, yeah, thank you very much for joining me once again. And yes, we'll see how tomorrow's results go as we edge ever closer to the end of the League Two season. Thank you very much, Gabriel. Thank you very much. Cheers for having me. No worries.